walking the stage, a comedian you haven't seen before. It's, he was told to be cool by Samuel Jackson. It's John Hastings, everybody! First time seeing you guys. How exciting. Very good. What a front row we have, sir. May I say, best dressed man on the fringe. Yeah. And, fuck, yeah. You're like the urban cowboy. Without the horse. Obviously. Yeah, well, on a steel horse you ride. Because you're wanted, dead or alive. <laughs> wanted? <laughs> Do you know who Bon Jovi is? A young person. <laughs> I don't know how I lost that argument, but I did. Uh, what is your name, brother? And do you own an owl? Uh, Andy and uh, no. It's a real shame. And the hat, does the hat have a story? He's never told it to me, no. <laughs> well fucking played, Andy. You would make a killer librarian. And like, not the newfangled modern libraries where it's, it's glass and plastic and white. I'm talking old wooden library. Like if you guys have seen Game of Thrones when the, the, the big fat one from the white place goes to the city with the guy with the glasses. I've watched every episode. I cannot tell you. I know that Peter Dinklage and then uh, the one who's sleeping with the relation and I don't know anyone else. Jon Snow, I think, is somebody. Like, I don't know. But you know that library that they go to in the city and the guy, that's where you should be working. Just sat there in like a wingback chair that's on a swivel, leaned up, owl cage, empty, because you don't own the owl, obviously. <laughs> and just like, just people walk in and be like, I'm looking to read some Kurt Vonnegut. And you just go, oh, I didn't realize you were 11. <laughs> favorite author? Uh, Tolkien. Ooh, favorite book by J.R. Tolkien. Mine. The Two Towers, because it's the only one I could get through, because the Fellowship of the Ring really takes its time getting anywhere. Everyone talks about how Tom Bombadil, oh, you got to get to the Tom Bombadil part. I was told there would be swordplay. I'm not here for limericks, you fucking asshole. <laughs> and I don't like that J.R.R. Tolkien famously attacks C.S. Lewis, because C.S. Lewis obviously wrote The Chronicles of Narnia to be a metaphorical way to get across the tenets of the Bible to the youth. If you're not Christian, you may not agree with that being happening, but it was a metaphorical sense. Listen, it's fun books, because it's literally like, what happens? It's some kids, they put on some fur coats, they eat some Turkish delight, them in a lion and beat the fuck out of some monsters. It's fucking great. And then they got on a boat, more monsters, more fuckery and beating up, and then there's a silver chair and someone's a toad and then there's more sword fights and then someone dresses up as a lion and then that book was just annoying as shit. And J.R.O. Tolkien famously was the mentor of C.S. Lewis and sat him down and said, your metaphors are too easy to notice. People know what your book is about. Now, I don't want to be critical of J.R.O. Tolkien, a man clearly smarter than me, but I thought metaphors were something you were able to deduce, not something you're just like, because agree? Yeah, uh, that'll work for me. Yeah. Well played, Andy. <laughs> Favorite Tolkien book? Uh, it's the Similian. Uh, oh, I fucking thought so. For those of you, <laughs> for those of you who don't know what the Similian is, J.R.R. Tolkien is the Lord King of n intense nerdery, in that he wrote a Bible for Middle Earth called the Similian, and only the baddest of the bad have attempted to read it. I, my friend, one of my my best friend, is an English PhD student. He got halfway through, and I was in his house when he stopped reading it, and he threw it on the ground and yelled, "Needless!" <laughs> Oh, it's just, there's a giant spider that just is in it and then not in it and then in it again, correct? Yes. Yeah, it's so dense. And isn't parts of it in Elvish? 
it, it is, and uh, I agree with you. It's uh, it's it's more of a um, a homage than, than, than a pleasure. <laughs> 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 I think, ladies and gentlemen, we've found the most English man in the world. <laughs> His favorite book is an homage and not a pleasure. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? Nails. I didn't enjoy them, but I bloody deserved them. <laughs> now, up over the top, chaps. <laughs> but Andy, we're not in the trench. Not yet, we're not. <laughs> what do you do for a living, Andy? Um, I've had several. I'm as a, a, a naval officer to start with, but I look up. A fucking course you were! <laughs> oh, may I say, the Navy is my favorite branch of the military purely because the uniforms are... Mwah. <laughs> Gloves, banging white trousers, and yet you guys are surrounded in Greece, and yet still white, always, as if you're saying to the military, not only do we win the battles, but we look damn good doing it. <laughs> oh, we need to blend into the trees. Get a boat, you idiots. <laughs> and also your admirals still, do the admirals still have the banging hats back from the Napoleon War days? Um, in the mess room, yes, obviously. Are you seriously? They actually have to put those on occasionally? No, no, just on display because, on display. yeah, yeah. You see, this is where England does let you down because you guys, the red coats. I understood that at a certain point you had to stop wearing those. By the way, when you're thinking, when did they stop wearing them? Beginning of the 20th century. It was called the Boer War. Now, Boer, the uh, that was in South Africa. I don't know how much you guys know about South Africa, but a very treed area, and the British Army showed up in red coats and thought. Tip tip, cheerio, do from other England, and just walked into the woods in red and were shocked that they were easily found by guerrilla warriors. <laughs> and it took them a lot long to be like, perhaps blending in may be the method we want to employ. <laughs> but I would like to see just occasionally, just like, have you ever thought about just popping one of those? Are you allowed to put them on? Or I assume you, that would be big muckety muck trouble if you popped an admiral's cap on if you're not an admiral. Were you an admiral? I wasn't an admiral, but anything's allowed after midnight. <laughs> Well, as how, and how did Winston Churchill once describe British naval history? You've got me there. Nothing but rum, sodomy, and the lash, my friend. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite quote. I want, I, I, if I had to pick a time to go back in time, I want to be surrounded by the head of the British Navy and all of his like number ones and twos the day Winston Churchill said that as they just all, motherfucker. <laughs> um, so you were in the Navy for quite some time? I assume on a schooner? I don't know what a schooner is. No, um, uh, about, fif about 15 years, yeah. About 15 years. And, and then? Uh, manufacturing and uh, then uh, looking after children now. Your children? <laughs> Brother, I was a manny as well. Do not look down on me. I was. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you reverse you being sexist you're assuming that a man cannot take care of children I'm fucking very good at it because here's my thing as an adult children alright what do you want to do I want to eat a snack and then I want to play with my toys there's no arguing with that <laughs> what do you guys want no, none of you have ever thought oh can't wait to get to work today but all of us have thought in the deepest recesses of our minds I'd like to go to the park and then pee myself and not be judged for it <laughs> 
Uh, I was when I, I first moved when in Canada I moved from a city called Montreal which is in French Canada I moved to Toronto and I got a job uh, through my dad uh, being sort of an assistant to a very rich family I walked their dog I picked up their dry cleaning I took care of their kids and it was very interesting because um, all the other kids were picked up by uh, Greek and, and Puerto Rican nannies and then it was me in a Metallica shirt and cut off jeans driving like an Audi station wagon blasting Metallica like pull up to a donut in the elementary school parking lot park it and get out and every time the parents and nannies would look at me being like oh who's this kidnapper who's showed up <laughs> like I didn't look like a parent I looked like a roadie for parents uh, so you're now a father yes sorry the, the, no I, I look after children in the looked after system oh okay so a much more noble pursuit than what I was doing well saintly I would have thought god damn right <laughs> I feel like a television show should be made about you Andy <laughs> Yeah, the Neon Rambler. <laughs> Are your children turning to the dark side? Here comes Andy. <laughs> just walking around, Similarian. How you do, bad guy, I'll stab you, Andy, and you just start reading the Elvish portion, <laughs> and they fall asleep immediately, and then you take their money and use it to buy treats for the good children, correct? Yes, the... the keep going. <laughs> God bless you, Andy. And Andy, um, what would you say your favorite occupation was? Hooker. <laughs> I'll explain for the uninitiated. When you talk to an English person long enough, they will attempt humor. It usually goes like that, and he reacted in the perfect way. He saw the joke was misguided, and he just started looking around going, oh no. <laughs> Unless, is that a naval position where you just have a big hook trying to get a whale? Um, yes, come on. <laughs> um, well, it, they're friendly. Uh, they, uh, uh, it, the whales? <laughs> I haven't read all of Moby Dick, but I skipped to the end, and I don't remember that whale being a particular treat. By the way, if you've never read Moby Dick, don't. It's stupid. Uh, let, me, let me do some up Moby Dick. Two great chapters. Filler for the next nine million pages. And then the whale shows up at a point where you're just thinking, fuck this whale, fuck Ahab. Oh, they call me Ishmael? I call you long-winded. <laughs> hey, Herman Melville, I'm glad you died as a patent clerk at the fucking docks of New York. It, this book is annoying and stupid. And by the way, I know what you're thinking, but wasn't he a famous author? That book was, it was a travesty. It put him into the poorhouse. But then he wrote all these other books that were incredibly popular of the day. He was a literary pop star. And those books like, oh, they're now like hipsters that hold readings of that book because it makes no sense it changes it changes um, writing style protagonists and there's a love interest in it who's just introduced in the last 90 pages who's unnecessary doesn't and it was fuck him anyway <laughs> um very good, Andy. Now, Andy, you will have an important role in the show in one minute. Now, Emily, I would like you to draw out a title from that jar. How are we doing for time? Already so much eaten up. And, uh, uh, no, no, you read it. But before, you have to read it in the style that Andy selects. So, Andy, how would you like Emily to re remember she is a thespian? So she can, a variety of, stay away from that fucking joke, my friend. <laughs> I saw you reaching for it. Getting your hook off the shelf, as it were. <laughs> Reaching into the deep blue. Naughty, naughty. You stick to books about falconry, my friend. 
speaking of falcons i uh i was in dubai and qatar and bahrain interesting i've been to a country that i'm now not legally allowed to go to which is either qatar or bahrain i can't remember which one i'm not planning on going back um so in dubai we're at the du- uh, dubai airport by the way if you want to go to dubai don't <laughs> it's a city built exclusively by white shitty people Here's how you know, no sidewalks. You have to take a car everywhere, even though it's sunny and beautiful. And if you ask, why are those construction workers working? And where did they come from? They will not tell you, because they are slaves. And <laughs> it's just true, it makes you feel really bad, but it really is true. Anyway, so I was in the, uh, this is a fun story, I was on the airplane, and I, by the way, was sat down and lectured about Muslim culture by the people taking me out on this comedy. T- I didn't go for, I went to tell jokes. And this happens to me all the time, because I do have a brutish bully look, but I'm not. It's just that I was bullied as a kid and their genetic code embedded in my DNA and now I've become one of them and I hunt them. Me and Andy do it late at night. He brings a hatchet and I have his giant hook and we just hook him and go, no. You can, you can always identify them. They have wedgied calluses on their palms from going like this. Anyway, so I, uh, so I got sat down and lectured about the culture that is, is I'm, I'm aware of the culture of Islam. I'm from Canada. I was raised around people that are Muslim. I know their rules. I know, understand that in their society there's certain things that I'm going to see that I might not necessarily disagree with. And like, it's just one of those things. The most annoying thing, by the way, is that they didn't mention two things. One, they didn't mention that uh, the uh, at the different times where they call to prayer, they use different watches. It's not synchronized. So one starts, and then a minute after, another one starts. And that's really off-putting, because then you're like, well, what time is it actually for God? Yeah, see, it's just a weird, vexing thing. And the second thing is, they, fa- they race falcons in that part. In the UAE, they race falcons. They take falcons from Dubai to Qatar to Bahrain, and they race them for money. Now, how do you think they get the falcons from place to place? Just throw it a guess. How do you think they get them there? Truck. Truck. No. They fly them on an airplane (laughs) with other people on them. And that was not mentioned once. So I'm sitting in my seat having a delightful tomato juice. That's my beverage whenever I'm flying because it makes me feel like a gentleman. I'm sorry. And, And a man walked in just with a fucking falcon on his arm and sat down on the same row as me and then just put the falcon on the armrest and began eating a snack. And I just sitting there being like, why the fuck isn't everyone going... Why is there something that flies on the thing that flies? <laughs> now, I've read enough about plane crashes to know that birds are not a, a helpful animal when it comes to that vehicle. And I turned to our tour manager slash the person who yelled at me about Islam for about 20... She didn't yell, but she was like, this is what it is. Don't be asking people for alcohol. And I was like, I understand. I Fuck you. And by the way, you're yelling at me in a bar. Like, there are alcohol available. And also, they do a trick, by the way. A lot of people, there's a lot of hypocritical portions of that society one of which is is that they'll sit in a hotel where alcohol is available and they'll sit at one table and have whiskey ordered to this table over here and what they'll do is one at a time when the others aren't looking they'll run over and take a shot of whiskey and then run back and sit down as if like god's not looking at that moment <laughs> like it's again whatever your belief is believe it i'm not here to judge go ahead i'm agnostic which is the best one <laughs> whatever happens i'm going to be right <laughs> Oh, you get up there, I'm an atheist. I didn't believe in you, God. This way, hell. I'll get up there being like, I just wasn't sure. <laughs> like, I wanted to believe, but you, I listen, I just lived such a good life, you never had to interfere, right, Jesus? <laughs> I'm hoping it's a Scientology God. I really want that to be true. 
just we get up there and it's just a rainbow bridge and we're all covered in thetans and L. Ron Hubbard's the only person who's attained a non-body level corporeal consciousness by the way if you guys ever want to feel good about your decisions read about Scientology <laughs> just know that you have not bought into an organization that believes a man who took so much speed other jazz musicians from the 50s were like that guy was crazy <laughs> that you haven't bought into his crazy ramblings that have got he oh it's just he had a boat called the four winds and no one made a fart joke he now there's now another boat it's the boat where they hold the sacred documents that you read when you get to like level seven that tells you about i'll get to that falcon in a second it tells you about the secret sort of plan that uh, earth was a prison planet for alien souls and they were placed in a volcano and exploded and they're all over us which is why we have psychological trauma and why psychotherapy doesn't work because that's a way of keeping the prisoners on us they keep that on a boat called the wind of freedom are they just trying to name boats after fun ways to say farting? <laughs> oh, and once the, the winds of freedom sunk, we have, remember dinner? Here it is again. <laughs> anyway, so I'm on, the, uh, I'm on the plane. Falcon right there, doing that thing birds do when they're on a perch where they kind of move back and forth and back and forth. Except it's a bird of prey, and we're now about to take off like this. Now, I don't know if you guys know this about animals, but they spook easy, and I have a big head. <laughs> So all I'm picturing is on takeoff. I just hear, ah! Ah! Stewardess! Stewardess! So I turn to the tour manager and I go, why is there a fucking falcon on the plane? Now I'm pointing at the falcon because it's weird. And she says, don't point. What's weird about that? Have you ever had someone present a point that you can't agree with? Because you fundamentally don't understand where they're coming from? Like, have you ever had someone just say, like, gay people are bad, and I don't understand why they're alive? And you're like, well, I can't even begin to argue with you, because we're not on different sides of an argument. We're on different islands. And on my island, it's filled with hope. And on your island, it's just you and thoughts of actually being a gay person you don't want to recognize more than likely. <laughs> so I said, um, um, uh, I've never seen a bird on a plane. And she went, come on, John. They race falcons for money. Don't be silly. Now here's why I was upset. I was not told we could go to that. And I would like to see that. Because first of all, how do you get the falcons to race? Greyhounds, you put a bunny and it runs. It's a falcon. Do you just cover a frisbee in meat and fling it one way and they just fly? Like I want to know the actual system of it. And I know you'd be like, oh, they're trained falcons. Train a falcon. If you can train a falcon, I will work for you for free because you are the most convincing motherfucker ever. Hello, knife that has a soul. <laughs> you work for me now. <laughs> anyway, so how would you like Emily to read the title of this episode? Um, as a nun. As a nun. <laughs> You are, the, you are the actor, and I will, as we t covered earlier, I will not direct you. <laughs> Perhaps, uh, what accent, I'm not going to, I started directing right there. Oh, you were going to say something? Oh, good. Perhaps, perhaps, Irish. Irish, it's very on the, it. that's where nuns are What? That's where nuns are from. I like how you started nuns are fae and then you went to the... <laughs> Thank you. Where are you from? 
Where are my feet? Either way. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are you from? I'm from uh, Whitbourne. I'm going to... where I, I don't know. Right in between Glasgow and Edinburgh. There we fucking go. <laughs> Isn't everything right between Glasgow and Edinburgh? Like it's... <laughs> Yeah, for a train train stir- journey that takes 45 minutes, I've never seen more stops with towns that are ridiculous. Welcome to Whataburger Shoes Bucket. Ah, welcome to North Berwick on Tweed Shotgun Shell. St. Andrews. It's not in between. Shut the fuck up. Now, so he's looking for uh, an Irish accent. I think that's a bit on the nose. I was more thinking like a, like a very sort of highfalutin Italian. You know what I'm saying? Can you do that? Italian? Yes. <laughs> Not like the food, the accent. <laughs> I'll give it a go. Yeah, fuck it. It's not real. It's not, is it? This isn't even a microphone. I'm not a comedian. <laughs> I'm just a very, very convincing drug addict. <laughs> Hence the long sleeves. For the Scottish people, it was a junkie joke. By the way, before we get to this. Uh, yesterday I saw two junkies having a vomit off and I think it was the greatest day of my life they were up there you know where the cost of coffee is behind the ibis and there was one guy and it looked like he was throwing up soap and I talked to a friend of mine and I said it looked like he was throwing up soap and he said he's probably ate some soap and I was like why would you eat soap and he's like why would you do heroin why are you trying to think about it and and he was literally just like People just enjoying coffee, having chats about the friend. What, what did you think of that show? You know, it was new writing set in Stockton. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. that Emily, she's going places. <laughs> Soap. And then I turned the corner, and it's clearly his junkie pal just going, Pete! 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 I'm doing yours! Pete! I'm doing yours, Pete! And then he kind of went into the, like a little corner, and I sort of sort of just stuck close to the staircase because I was like, I would like to see how this plays out. <laughs> and I could kind of see him, and he and he, I, I, I assume he injected or something like that. But he kind of, yeah, I didn't see it because it really skeeved me out. I've seen it before, and I, I just always want to walk over and be like, do you, you want to do that in my? I don't want them to do it in my house, but I just feel really bad because it's just on the street. It's so dirty and it's sad and it's a disease that's on them. And I'm not here to mock them. But then this happened. So he did something over here for about a minute. And then he came back and I saw him put something on the ground. And then he just turned around with like that vomit look. Like you ever, you know, you've been at a party and someone's having a glass of wine and then they're just like, everyone out of the way. <laughs> and then he ran around to where his buddy Pete was. So I, I just heard, bah! Bah! and then another one goes, Whoop! I was the only one watching. Everyone else just, oh, here we go again. Pete and George at it again. Jesus, gentlemen. And you call yourself jazz musicians. So, Emily, I bought you a little time to think about your accent. What are you thinking about here? Oh, you just, what? Italian, you said. Italian? You don't have to. I'll have a go. Fuck yeah. Go at it. Yeah, you're you're holding us back, miss. (laughs) Typical junkie behavior, huh, guys? Ludicrous, ludicrous. Just off to dance with Maxwell Silverhammer. <clears throat> oh, f- professional. <laughs> give your baby frosted tips and call it NSYNC. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> That's lovely. I, yeah, it, was, it was Russian, but it was like a labored... Andy, your rides here. Uh, 
it was a beautiful sort of labored Russian. I was picturing sort of one of those old Eastern Orthodox nuns with the weird hooded horn hats. Do you know what I mean? Here's the thing with Russia. All of their uniforms do look evil, right? I'm not saying that they are evil. I'm just saying when I see religious people with horned hats, I'm just like, what fucking side are you guys on? Yeah, what's with all the red stars and tanks, fellas? I've seen Star Wars, and you look like stormtroopers. And as soon as your leader is shirtless near an animal, you're a bad guy. Um, and by the way, I'm Canadian. My prime minister is Justin Trudeau. He is shirtless near animals, and he's an environmental criminal, and I hate him. I'm glad I didn't vote for him because I forgot that I had to send away to do it and I called the Canadian embassy the day of the election and said hello I, uh, I need to vote and the woman on the other end of the line classic customer service reaction to someone who's clearly fucked up and they're not going to help just went oh, well it's not going to happen uh, and I didn't root for him I didn't I don't like him he's a soft idiot just so st- he's just pretty and I could feel all the women in the room turning against me how dare you talk about professor uh, I just had a stroke um, uh, so read that again in your normal voice so I can hear it this is all written by my girlfriend she said they're all really funny and I now realize they're funny for her but I now have to improvise off of them as she sits in Canada having a nice time no read it out give, give your baby frosted tips and call it NSYNC nobody gives a shit Okay, here's the thing. Boy bands, who here remembers them? They're not really around anymore. One Direction was sort of the last one. Would you agree, miss? Um, sure. Sure. You're a good... Don't really know. Based on your hair, I'm going to say not really a boy band fan. Who is your favorite band? At the moment. Ooh, good answer. Um, Yeah. Corn. Wow, I'm 32, and I can't believe I'm saying this for the first time. I remember when Korn was a new band, (laughs) and I literally feel like an old ghost down from the attic to warn you about the Civil War. Because how old are you? You're 26. So we're, I'm 32. I was about to say we're relatively the same age. We're not. Um, uh, and what about Corn appeals to you? Here's why I liked Corn. I liked that they just did this on stage for an entire show. Just. They play like that, just looking down at their guitars and just goths everywhere going, they're so cool. Uh, also, uh, I watched one of them. Did you guys ever see the show MTV Cribs? It was this great show. Yeah, it was fucking amazing, right? I don't know why. I like how you're going to whisper. It's a tiny room. If you whisper, I can see you. Don't. <laughs> if I sneeze, I'm going to end up sitting on some of your laps. Like... But MTV Cribs, for them, you are younger, older, may not have seen it. What it was is, for some reason, we would just see where rock stars lived. And what was fun about it is you do kind of realize that there are some rock stars with a lot of money, and then there's others who are like, here's my bungalow in Reseda, California. <laughs> what happened? Well, I've had one good album. The record company got that money. This is my wife's house. She's a doctor. <laughs> And the corn one was great because the bass player, Fieldly, his house was literally just a bungalow in Baker, Bakersfield, California, because like they were a band, everything, show business. It takes like 15 years to suddenly be an overnight success. Some of you have just discovered bands or comedians or, or artists or actors, and you're like, where have they been? They're so good. They, they were like Emily doing a new piece of work in, about Salford for 25 years, and then they're discovered by someone. Welcome back. How was it? Did you end up vomiting? <laughs> I've been, just a quick question. Favorite boy band is? Uh, 
Westlife. I feel like that was a joke just for you. I, I, listen, so Philly, it was just a bungalow in Bakers, California, and I remember it clearly because his wife kept appearing in certain shots, and they clearly had had a fight right before the camera crew got there because she clearly has that face of someone who's like, oh, you think that fight's over, fucker? <laughs> Turn the cameras off, and we will continue you. Um, so, uh, boy bands, I've never been a big fan. That said, the Backstreet Boys really did speak to my soul. Like, if you put Backstreet, like, I like, I like punk and metal very much. They're very much part of my soul. I, I find them very expressively cool music. I think it's very, very interesting. I think the ethos of punk rock now especially is very interesting. It's very much focused on DIY and creating your own community. And in a world that we're intensely fractured, I think it's a very important thing to remember. That said, you put on Backstreet's Back and I will literally have a better day. <laughs> It was the second concert I ever went to was the Backstreet Boys, and I remember it. And let me say this about boy bands. They put on a fucking show. I don't like music now, because music now is very much just the bands stood on. I went and saw the Black Keys. All they did was play their instruments. Fuck you. I've seen Kiss. I've seen ACDC. I'm going to need to see some pyro. Where is the inflatable devil? Pardon me, sirs. This song is about gold being on the ceiling. You're missing an opportunity to have a fake ceiling made of gold. It's ridiculous. Seeing Kiss, who here, Kiss is weird because in Europe, you guys look down on Kiss as if they are not the beautiful clown princes of rock and roll that they are. Do you like Kiss? Have you ever heard of Kiss? You don't, not particularly? You have heard of them. Okay, listen. Here's why you go see a Kiss show. is because it's like... Have you ever seen something that's so unintentionally ironic that it's now... It's like the movie The Room, but painted like a cat. <laughs> the movie The Room is one of the worst, best things ever. It was made by a man named Tommy Wiseau, who I have mutual friends with. I know people who know him, and they say that's a toned-down version of him. It's basically an awkward movie that somehow costs $3 million to make that has become a cult classic because it's insane. He keeps saying hello to a dog. I can't stop watching that scene. It fills me with questions like a jackal who's come into a hallucinogenic drug trip to say, up is down, John, and when you solve it, you will untie the Gordian knot. Like, it's... Thank you, three dudes. The rest of you, Andy will explain that joke at the end. Now, I, um, uh, uh, where was I? Going? So, Kiss, all those bands. I like fucking shows. I like a rock and roll show. If I want to just hear the music, I will listen to the album. Kiss is perfect. Here's how the show starts the entire arena, or wherever you're seeing them, will go black as the backside of the moon. Then Gene Simmons, noted racist and sex pest. But we look the other way because he dresses like a demon sometimes and he shoots fire from his mouth, so he's cool with me. He comes on and he goes, basically with the tone of he has no idea where he is. Uh, um, uh, 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 Edinburgh. <laughs> you wanted the best? <clears throat> you got the best the loudest band in the world and then he softly says the word kiss and then they start by playing a song they come down pyros everywhere it's fucking crazy it's amazing they say the name of the town more times than you could imagine every time the drummer hits the drum it's like this boom ha boom ha boom ha every instrument is covered in guitar picks so they're literally just doing this so every fan <laughs> leaves with a guitar pick every song relates to like last night I was in the town that is feuding with this community so if you're there in Edinburgh like, last night I was in Glasgow 
They don't know how to party like they do in Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> and you just you're like, that's true. I believe you, man who has a star on his face. <laughs> now, here's the thing with Kiss that's my favorite. One of them is the demon. He's from hell. Be careful. He's, he'll cover you in fire and attack you. And another one is the star child. He comes from the land of romance. And he has a chest so hairy, you're pretty sure you could put keys in it and they'd stay. And then, and then there's the spaceman. He's from space, but for some reason is also able to play the guitar. And then there's the drummer who's a kitty cat. <laughs> It's just such a weird, like you could see the meeting where they were like, all right, we have three options of personality. Spaceman, yeah. Star child, ooh. Demon, rawr. And then the drummer was like, what about me, guys? And they're like, well, we thought you'd just be Peter, actually. <laughs> no, I want to be a cat. And they're just like, I don't think he can be a cat. And they're like, Fine, you can be a cat. All right, we are almost done. Oh, you guys act like this was planned. What's with the tension all of a sudden, guys? As it is very tense in here, I am going to bring up the fact that it was free to get in. It is not free to leave. Shows at this festival, on average, are 10 pounds. So, what was that? Don't you start running for that door, madam. Andy, when I say when, release the falcon. Now, uh, it's a suggested donation of 10 pounds. If you don't have 10 pounds, five pounds. And if you don't have five pounds, 20 pounds. 20 pounds. Uh, <laughs> thank you, my Uncle John. Um, yeah, guys, seriously, I need the money. This poor man, he just showed up in Canada. He claims to be my uncle. I don't know who he is. I do know who he is. So, actually, I'll tell you this before. This is how I'll tell So, I'm doing another show at the Pleasance. It's 9.15. If you don't have money to put in the bucket, take a flyer, buy a ticket for that, which coincidentally is also 10 pounds, and see that show. I see you folding your jacket. Don't fucking think you're getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, last night, he, he, what he does every year is he surprises me at the festival. Now, you'd think I'd be prepared for it, but he moves his timing around so I'm not necessarily ready for it. He'll bring disguises, which is tricky. And so yesterday, I was just sort of pacing in front of my venue, talking to my text. It was the halfway party the day before yesterday. And so all of my texts, these beautiful 18-year-old young students had been subjected to just comedians trying to fuck them for a good 17 hours in a nightclub. And they were just raw and confused. And they were so nice on BBC Three, and yet so many cockpicks so quickly. How did they get my phone number? I He's straight and I'm a boy. He just kept saying, I just want you to know what I've got going out there. <laughs> and, uh, and so, they were just, and I was just sort of having a little meeting with them, trying to rally them. Just like, guys, it's going to be okay. Do you need any water? My, one of my texts, Lily, she's like, the, she's the size of this mic stand. And she's like, that's fine. I only had 12 pints and I threw up, but I'm cool. And I'm like, Lily, I don't know who you are, but I feel like you either have a massive drinking problem or you're lying to me. And then she's like, oh, whatever. I'm from Aberdeen. And I was like, ah, there it is. Now... <laughs> I'm aware that's a very cheap joke, but in Scotland, those stereotypes usually are true. <laughs> Aberdeen, a town where I saw two drag queens fighting over uh, a piece of fish and chips. Uh, police pulled over and just got out and watched. <laughs> and so yesterday, I was, I was looking out the door of my line, and my uncle was there. Now, he, he was in disguise, and he put on a pea cap and these like, comedically large black glasses, 
and they changed his face in a certain way where I was like, that could be my uncle, or it just could be a weird dude coming to my show who's blind. And you don't want to go up to a blind guy and be like, are you my uncle? Because then you just have a blind guy touching your face. No. And so I'm like, I'm staring, but I'm trying not to stare too long because if he's not a blind guy and I don't know him, he's coming to my show and his experience began with me just... Well, hungover people are circling me like, like vultures over a dead body. And then so I finally, what tipped it was, uh, was a, uh, was a uh, he, he revealed, he, he always carries a cloth bag that will have uh, newspapers, possibly a banana, and definitely like a discman. Because here's the thing, he has an amazing music, col- col- music collection, but he, he bought into CDs and he is the only person that's going down with that ship. <laughs> In a, in a tremendous way like because I've been like I'll get you an iPod you can get all of this on one iPod and he looks at me just no and just touches like I've worked too hard <laughs> and it's amazing because here's the one thing we're all missing and I'll end you on this is without now that everything's just on there's not actually CDs there but that was adorable yeah? <laughs> so this is what a CD was <laughs> so clunky and yet so sturdy <laughs> How could you scratch this? <laughs> Here's what I do miss about 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 albums, but CDs in general is with with iPods. You don't get any things. You don't open it up. You're not reading the liner notes. You're not. Oh my God, uh, uh, this guy. I'm one of those nerds that's like, oh my God, a new producer. Very exciting. You know, Rick Rubin produced the last Black Sabbath album. Now, it's interesting because he sonically never respected Black Sabbath because he felt they were very repetitive and just ripping off very psychedelic techniques in a darker tone because they detuned one guitar. So it's very fascinating that he's actually become involved. But that's not nearly as fun on a PDF file where you're just scrolling. Down. Like, I miss the touching and the tangibility of all of this stuff. Nice foldy thing. Speaking of foldy things, money folds. <laughs> I will see you at the back. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a good Thank you.